Hey everybody, welcome back to Is That Too Dark? A podcast where we talk about true crime and other depressing things. And lunch. And lunch. What's for lunch? We haven't decided yet. Yeah, we don't know what's for lunch. Anyways, today, Kaylin, you're going to give us a good episode. Yep. But first, there's a lot going on in the world. Obviously, today for Dark News, we're going to talk about the Oxford school shooting, which happened on November 30th. I'm going to start this conversation, though, um, on Black Friday, when the Crumbly family, um, James, Jennifer, and Ethan, welcomed a new member in their family, a gun. <laughs> like it's a baby. I mean, for some people, I think it is. Um, so... Ethan posted on Instagram, just got my new beauty today, Sig something 9mm. Sig Sauer. Sig Sauer 9mm. Why is it spelled like that? Because it's German. Okay. Right? Sig Sauer. Sig Sauer. And he put a heart eyes emoji after it. So then Jennifer, his mom, um, posted about the gun on her social media as well, saying, Mom and Sunday testing out our new Christmas present. So this is all during Thanksgiving break. Um, as most high schools have, they have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, right? So class starts up again on Monday. Um, and a teacher noticed that Ethan was on his computer searching for ammunition for probably his new gun. His new baby. Yeah. So the teacher notified the school um, who contacted the parents via phone calls and emails. But Jennifer and James did not respond. So, later that same Monday, Jennifer texted Ethan, LOL, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn not to get caught. Right, because the school contacted her about the ammunition, right? Right, and she didn't answer. So, my guess is she listened to the voicemail, texted Ethan, and was like, LOL. And I just want to, I mean, it blows my mind every time. Like, does no one ever think their texts are going to be read? You know, okay, side, like total side tangent, but relevant. In England, or like in the UK, mostly I only know about England, text messages are not admissible evidence in court. Interesting. Yeah, so well, I don't know. Anyway. We're in the US of A, baby, <laughs> yeah. and they're being used. Um, so that same night after school, um, there were videos found on Ethan's phone that he recorded talking about shooting and killing students at the high school. Um, and then there is, uh, in his journal, he wrote that he had the desire to shoot up the school and murder students. So there are red flags all around. So the next day, Tuesday, another teacher found a drawing, um, that basically was a picture of a shooting and she took a picture of it and then showed it obviously to the principal and the office at the high school. So, in the picture, there was a handgun pointing to the words, the thoughts won't stop, help me. Um, and there was a drawing of a bullet with the words, blood everywhere. And also written on it was, my life is useless and the world is dead. So, obviously, we're seeing a lot of mental health struggles with Ethan. Um, and I'm sure they were all just coming to a head. I'm sure he'd been struggling with it for a while, but this really is showing that things are happening at an alarming rate. So, um, at this point, uh, everyone's pretty concerned. So, they have a school meeting with Ethan and his parents. And the school basically said, you need to basically have emergency therapy for him um, within the next 48 hours. But 
the shocker of all is that nobody searched his backpack, and on this Tuesday in the meeting, the gun that he was about to use was in his backpack. I'm just... So... That's what I was going to clarify, the timeline. Like, it wasn't Monday that the teacher found the drawing. It was Tuesday, right? Like, that's the... the So, Monday, um, the 29th, the teacher saw him searching the internet for ammunition. Tuesday was when the... I don't know if it's the same teacher or a different teacher found... Tuesday the 30th found the drawings and had this emergency school meeting. Gotcha. So, the parents basically told the principal, no, we're not pulling Ethan out of school for this. Um, he needs to resume classes. And for some reason, they agreed to this. Yeah, why is that the parents' decision anyway? Like, why do they get to say, you know what? Yeah, I know. I understand. Like, I think my son, you might think my son is a threat, but I'm not taking him home. Yeah, I don't get it. And it's even like you could just take him home for the day. Obviously, he's in a mood and needs to go home for a mental health day. Like, he's not. he doesn't need to be in trouble. He's done nothing to get in trouble at this point. But the fact, and I'm sure they have so much guilt about it now, but the fact that they let him back in class and did not search his backpack or anything, even just searching his backpack, they would have found what they needed to find. Um, So what happens next is all on surveillance cameras just before 12.50 p.m. Um, Ethan could be seen with his backpack, and then a few minutes later, he exited the bathroom without his backpack, but a gun was in his hand. He then allegedly began to deliberately walk the hallways and aim the guns at students um, and firing the gun. It doesn't look like he had any one target. His goal was just to hurt people. Um, Of course, students began to run. Chaos was ensued, um, but he apparently did not run anything like that. He was just very... um, on a mission, I guess. Well, and it's strange, like, just from, and I don't have tons of knowledge, but, like, what I know about previous school shootings, Columbine, you know, stuff like that, there's typically, like, an antecedent, right? Like, there's something that happens at the school to make the school a target, but from what it sounds like, this was the first time he'd been not even disciplined, but, like, approached about these concerns, and thus far no one's really come out like he's been bullied he's been abused he's been whatever whatever um which in one hand like I'm grateful the media is not focusing on he was such a good student or he was such a bad student because I don't think that necessarily like predates what happens in these cases but that's usually the conversation so this one's definitely like to me a unique situation so far yeah, so this goes on for about five minutes, um, and then once the deputies arrived, he set down the gun and surrendered. So I am getting all this from a CNN article that is, like, updating as con- things continue to go on. Um, Aiden Page, a senior at Oxford High School, um, did talk to CNN, Anderson Cooper specifically, and he said, We heard two gunshots, and after that, my teacher ran into the room, locked it, we barricaded it, and then we covered the windows and hid we grabbed calculators, we grabbed scissors just in case the shooter got in and we had to attack them. He described how the shooter was so close that a bullet pierced one of the desks that he and the other students were using to block the door. Um, the person who heard the initial gunshots told CNN that the shooter was so close to his classroom that when he spoke to the 911 operator, he could only whisper, Oxford High School shooter, to avoid being heard. Dozens of people were calling 911. Um, apparently, there was over 100 calls as the police raced to the school, and those calls started at 12.52, so literally like a minute after they heard the first gunshot. I've also seen interviews where parents are saying that their children were rampantly texting them, talking to them on the phone, 
um, to the and then one child that was in the room close to where the shooting was happening had to hang up with her mom on the phone. Continue to text her, and I just could not imagine having to hang up with someone that you know is in that kind of situation. No, and it's I mean, what a sad state that American schools are in that this is a common occurrence where. We're seeing things like they needed to grab scissors and calculators to defend themselves against a firearm. Yeah, so one thing that is impressive and I commend the police a lot with is that they immediately ran in. They did not wait until they stopped hearing gunfire, anything. They immediately went in, and I think that saved so many people's lives. Um, but around 1.15 p.m., the news reported news reports started going crazy about a high school shooting in the area. At 1.22 p.m., Jennifer texted Ethan, Ethan, don't do it. So she knew. Like, to point blank, so they, they should be done. So um, James called 911 to report a gun was missing from his house and that he believed his son may have been the shooter believed or is like covering his ass like hey i'm reporting it now even yeah, though i already uh, yeah exactly um so now let's talk about james and jennifer um james and jennifer obviously his parents now we're getting this is all still happening like this morning things are happening so i'm sure there will be more even before we post this tomorrow um but we are learning a lot about who his parents are and just how much they knew about what was going on. Um, we do know that James obviously purchased the weapon that was used in the shooting because um, Ethan is not of age to buy a gun. Um, and, of course, pretty much right when things were happening, they immediately really looked at the parents, which I think was great. And they had an arraignment scheduled for Friday afternoon for the parents um, that they did not appear. Okay, so before you... From what I've seen, and I don't mean to keep interrupting you, I'm just very invested in this as well. The um, press did a press conference before the police could serve any sort of notice that they were going to be arraigned. And that's what kind of clued them in, like, oh shit, we're in real trouble. And even though there's like their attorney saying, like, oh, they're not missing, they're not missing, they're not missing. Well, their attorneys (laughs) said, um, They fully intended to turn their clients in first thing this morning for arraignment, contrary to the misinformation that has been rampant in the media. So, um, they intended to fight this case in the courtroom and not the court of public opinion. We know that in the end, the entire story and truth will prevail. Um, Basically, what happened is they did not show up on Friday, so immediately they were classified as wanted people. And a manhunt ensued, but luckily um, we found James and Jennifer, and they were arrested in a Walmart parking lot, I believe. Now they have a $500,000 cash bail. Um, Their Zoom Zoom arraignment was Saturday morning, and the judge scheduled a probable cause conference for December 15th and a prime preliminary hearing for December 22nd. That's insane to me that one Zoom Zoom arraignment. Sorry. Like, that's such a funny... Funny, but they were charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter. And Ethan is facing 24 charges in connection to the Tuesday shooting. 
24? Is that what you said? The charges wow. include four counts of first-degree murder and one terrorism count. Um, he is being charged as an adult, and he and his parents are all planning to plead not guilty. Not guilty? Not guilty for what? All of them are planning to plead not guilty. So, um, before we end this, I do want to talk about the four victims of this. There were multiple people injured, but four people did lose their lives. So, Madison Baldwin was 17 years old and was planning to graduate and had already been accepted to several colleges, um, some even with full scholarships. She was the oldest of three siblings, and she loved to draw, read, and write. Tate Meyer is 16 years old. He was an honor student and a star football player at Oxford High School. He was killed as he rushed the shooter in an attempt to disarm him and give other students time to get away. Hannah St. Juliana was 14. Um, she actually, the night before, made her debut at the Oxford's high basketball team, and her father described her as one of the happiest and most joyful kids. And then Justin Schilling was 17 years old and a senior and co-captain of Oxford High School's bowling team. Um, and he was described as a pleasure to be around. It's literally the saddest. Like, all of this is sad, but to hear, like, she made her debut, like, her yeah. first ever basketball I mean, game. None of them are even 18 years old. That, They're yeah. children. School shootings are always going to be just devastating no matter what. And so devastating. but Nothing to- ever changes. That is what disturbs me, and also what really disturbs me is the fact that it seems like his parents were very aware that their son was struggling with something. Um, And the fact that that day when they found those drawings, they did not say, hey, let's at least take a mental health day, let's go out to lunch, let's go talk, let's go see what's going on with you, and then just said, okay, let's just have him go back to school. That day was the day that after that meeting, he went and shot up the school. Well, and it's like, even if they're, you know, I'm... I'm aware there's a generational difference between, like, how we treat mental health and how some parents are very much, like, suck it up, you know, you're fine, boys don't cry, whatever it is. But, I don't know, I feel like the school should have made it a little more of a hard stance, too. On that piece of paper, it literally said, these thoughts don't stop, help me. Right. This child was crying out for help. And I'm not saying... He is, I'm not victimizing him anything. He is 100% to blame mental health issues or not. But I don't know as a parent how your child can say, I need help, and you don't help them. You say, okay, go back to class. Right. It's like, like that's have... ridiculous to me. Your child needs help. It literally said on that piece of paper, I need help. Treating and your kid like an accessory. No or, one helped know. him. Yeah. The school didn't help him in that moment. The parents did not help him. I mean, it is horrific and this is now the consequences that the parents have to live with and I do think they should be charged because it was brought to their attention where so many of these cases you know the parents were like I had no idea and I feel awful for the parents because they have to live a different type of hell that the victim's parents don't have to live but these parents had now two days notice if not who knows I think we're still going to learn a lot who knows what else they knew and or you know what other warning signs there were and I'm just glad that he's still alive so he can be faced fully to the extent of the law and I'm wondering what's going to happen with his parents because this I think is the first time that the parents are being charged with something I mean the mom literally texted him oh well I'm not mad right so I'm looking at he said zoom and that triggered me and so I'm going to show you this is the screenshot of their zoom meeting that is so crazy to me like they're sitting in separate cells they're going through an arraignment together the court is convening virtually and 
to me, like, neither of them look particularly concerned. They're like, yeah, this is just what happens. Like, this is this is the next step. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I don't know. Big mad. would love to know what's going on. Um, I'm interested to see where else this is going to go. But our thoughts are with, obviously, the victims, families, and that we hope everyone who was injured makes um, a speedy recovery and that resources are provided to all the students involved in this. Um, and maybe, just maybe, just maybe, this will enact some change, but probably not. So, um, I'm done talking. Are you ready to talk? I'm ready to talk. Let's talk. Kaylin, what do you want to talk to us about today? Today, we're going international, babe. We're going to Austria. Um, Austria? Austria. So I want to tell you the story of Elizabeth Fritzl. Um, For the second time in a row now, I'm doing a survivor story, so keep that in mind as we go through. Very Karen Kilgariff. It is very Karen Kilgariff. I feel like of the two of us, I'm more Georgia, usually. But yeah, I digress. Um, so Elizabeth Fritzel, she was born to Joseph and Rosemarie Fritzel on April 6th, 1966. Um, when Elizabeth was only 11 years old, her dad, Joseph, actually began sexually and mentally abusing her. She went through this, you know, for years, but she stayed in school. She was a decent student. Um, but she did end up dropping out of traditional schooling when she was 15. And I guess in Austria, you can go to school to be a waitress. Like they give you courses on how to like do service jobs or whatever else, kind of like how we do apprenticeships here. Um, so she did that in order to support herself and earn her own money. I thought so too. And just because it's like so bizarre to me, like we get on the job training versus like pre-training for potential jobs. So in January of 1983, Elizabeth ran away to Vienna, um, but she was only able to stay away for three weeks before the police found her and returned her home to Austria. How to, old was she at this point? I'm not good at math. Um, 1983. Hold on. I'm also not good at math. I believe she was 18 at this point, but don't clock me on it. I, my brain isn't doing the math right now. She was only able to stay away for three weeks before the police found her and returned her to her parents' home in Austria. She rejoined her job as a waitress and was eventually offered a position about 60 kilometers away in Linz, um, where she lives is called Amstetten. So that was in 1983 that she was returned home from running away. On August 28th, 1984, Elizabeth, now 18, so I guess wait for it guys um she was lured into the basement by her father under the guise of helping him carry a heavy door i don't like where this is going i wouldn't either um her father joseph used this door as the final piece to seal the cell he had been building in the basement with the intention of locking elizabeth away oh no so he made her carry the door Mm -hmm. yep he had her help him install it and she had no idea um, he had her hold the door in place so he could fit it into the door frame that he'd already like fitted out. And once her hands were occupied, he held a towel soaked in ether to her face until she passed out. 
then pushed her into the chamber and locked her in. Her mother, Rosemary, filed a missing persons report um, almost immediately. Like, Elizabeth didn't show up for a few days, and Rosemary was like, this is crazy strange. still married, Rosemary. Still married, yeah, they were still married. So her mother filed a missing persons report. The police searched and searched and searched. I guess Joseph had done a really good job at hiding this cell, and I'll kind of go over the layout of it and everything in a little bit here. But they didn't detect that there was another part of the house to be found. Um, About a month after Rosemary filed that report, though, Joseph forced Elizabeth to write a letter to her mother stating that she was running away and staying with a friend to stave off, like he had to write this to stave off suspicion. Um, Joseph told the police that she likely had joined a cult, an unnamed cult, a religious cult of some kind. Um, This went on for 24 four years no it didn't it went on for 24 years i need to know how the mom or the siblings or the police saw this random fucking door there was they didn't see it it was hidden oh my god yeah so i I, need to know this later (laughs) i'll get there i promise um but just remember so in 1984 is when he pushed her into this cell for 24 years joseph knew she was about to leave right she yeah. already tried to run away as a teenager. Right. Now she's 18, and they can't have her come back by the law. She can do whatever she wants. Right. He was losing control. Yes. Oh, my God. It gets so much worse. You're already so angry. Um, Joseph visited, end quote, his daughter in the hidden chamber nearly every day, bringing food, supplies, magazines, whatever else. He also raped her frequently, resulting in seven children over the 24-year period. What? what? Yeah. How they, big was this container that she was just in? Just trust this me. Room? When I'm, are you going to tell me? Very soon. Um, let me go over this part, and then we'll get there, I promise. One of the children died after birth. That's tragic. Um, it was a set of twins, and one of the twins died. Three of the children, Lisa, Monica, and Alexander, were left on the doorstep by his daughter, end quote, i.e. he stole them away and forced her to write a note stating that she could not care for them, placing the responsibility on her parents. Wait, so he would have her give birth, mm-hmm. take the child. Yes. Stage a whole scene. Leave it on his own doorstep but, for his wife to find. And then they would raise the baby upstairs from where she's at. Yes. Three of them. Um... Why only three? I'll get there. Okay. The, I just need to know everything right now. I know. Never, it's like I can I've, only no, talk I don't know so case, fast. So. Um, so he stole them away, forced Elizabeth to write a note stating that she could not care for them, um, basically asking her mom to raise her children. The police bought the story, and they granted Joseph and Rosemary rights as the children's foster parents. Um, Social workers did regularly visit the home, but they saw nothing that they deemed concerning or suspicious. After the fourth child was born, Joseph granted Elizabeth permission to expand the cell from 380 square feet to 590 square feet by allowing her and her children to dig out the soil with their bare hands. No tools, nothing. Wow, what a great man. So generous. Right. The two eldest, Kirsten and Stefan, as well as Felix, the youngest, were kept in the cell because Joseph believed Rosemary to be incapable of taking care of another child. So she has three of these children. But it's interesting she they chose the three middle children. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just curious 
what his mentally ill brain was telling him why these three got to be kept. I think it was just like his own sick game to play, like keep her guessing, right? Like, you don't know if I'm going to take this child away. You don't know if I'm going to let them stay here. You don't know X, Y, Z. Well, and also, I'm sorry. If my husband kept being like, here's our missing daughter who's probably in a cult. Do we know if he's abusing Rosemary? To my knowledge, and I actually did really try to look into this, there's not a whole lot of information on Rosemary's life. She kept pretty much out of everything once this all came to light. Um, my guess is yes, because what right. woman is going to believe, oh, my daughter who's missing, I could just, I always picture it back to, like, my life. Mm-hmm. My mom would be like, what, why do I keep getting these fucking kids? <laughs> Stop leaving shit on my doorstep, Stop you asshole. Stop leaving the babies on my doorstep. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, after three, you're going to start wondering, how many fucking kids is she having and why is she not keeping any of them? Right. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm with you. Especially and if she joined a cult. Cult's main things, typically, are to expand the cult. Right. So... so Colts 101, why are we getting rid of valuable members? Right, right. Anyways. Especially once we can indoctrinate from birth, right? Exactly. The process of expanding the living space took a long time because they were using their hands and not tools. Um, But now is when I'm going to go through what the cellar looked like. Thank you. I've been waiting. (laughs) Um, Joseph had actually started building out the shelter when his mother died in 1980. That becomes significant in a bit. Um, He started work on the cellar the whole time having in mind that he was going to take a captor and that it was going to be his daughter. Fun. Um, originally he built himself kind of a workspace. He was an engineer, a retired engineer. Um, so he put like a, you know, light table, desk, whatever, um, mostly to cover his tracks. So in 1978, Joseph applied for a permit to extend the existing base basement with verification from inspectors in 1983, ensuring everything was as it had been described in the permit. Joseph had, in fact, illegally enlarged the space, hiding the extra larger space behind walls that seemingly had no entry into the space. The hidden cellar was actually accessed through a door, which was only about three feet tall, um, which was obscured by shelving in the workspace. He installed a sink, a toilet, one bed, a hot plate, and a refrigerator into the space prior to ever moving Elizabeth in. He added a passageway to an existing part of the basement under an older part of the property that he alone was aware of. It wasn't on any of the blueprints. The inspectors didn't know about it. It was literally just like as if it didn't exist. Um, That corridor contained a hallway around 16 feet long, a storage area, three small cells with two beds each, a basic bathroom slash cooking combo area, and there were only two access points to the cell. This man has a lot of time on his hands. Well, and he's he's obviously smart, right? Like, he knows how to conceal these things. He knows how to install and build out all this shit, and he's using it for such a sinister purpose. Like, But he's retired, so I guess. But, like, he just disappears for hours on end. I'll get into that, too, I promise. There were two access points to the cell, a one-ton door, which eventually became unusable due to its own weight. It just sunk in and couldn't be opened anymore after some time. And the aforementioned metal door, which was reinforced with concrete and steel rails. The only way entry could be gained via the small metal door was via an electronic code. Um, In order to reach this door, five locked rooms had to be crossed. 
and in order to reach where Elizabeth and her children were kept, eight locked doors needed to be breached, two of which also had electronic keypads. So he really was like, she's never going to be able to escape this. Yes. Yeah. Or, like, good luck to the police finding it. Eight doors. Eight doors. And two of them were, like, you know, basically fingerprint access, so to speak. Um, for 24 years, let me just... Elizabeth taught her children reading, writing, and arithmetic. Remember that she dropped out of school at 15 years old. Um, pending, of course, that Joseph didn't decide to punish them by turning off their power and failing to deliver food. The children had lived in the cell with Elizabeth, um, or sorry, the children that lived in the cell with Elizabeth were threatened in various manners from starvation to being gassed should they try to escape. They were good. Do we know if he was like, I'm your dad to the kids? That's unclear. Um, later I'll get into how he described himself as a good father to his children. Cool. Um, I believe they were aware that that was their dad, but I don't know if they understood what the concept of dad meant because their whole life was the self. Okay, so to clarify, three children are living upstairs yes. with grandma. Yes. The four children are living downstairs, and those are the only children they have together. Seven. Yeah, six living, one of them died at birth, or shortly. They were convinced that the door to and from the cellar, the same one that their mom had been forced to help install, was electrified, and that they would receive a high-voltage shock should they fuck with it. Um, in his own words, Joseph considered himself an excellent father to his enslaved daughter and their shared children. He brought them board games. He spent holidays and birthdays with them. So how could he, how could he be anything but father of the year, right? Well, you raped your daughter, so. Right, father of the year. So you already brought this up. My thought at this point as well is how did he get away with spending all that time in the cellar? He's a retired man. Where does his wife think I he mean, is? I mean, he's spending holidays apparently because he's such a good dad. Right. So where is he going on Christmas Day around brunch? Best dad ever. Um, like, no one needs to be down in the basement in your workspace or whatever for that much time. When is he creating anything from this workspace? Like, is he like, oh, look, I made this uh, Thing. fucking whatever yeah. no, he, out of wood for you, my wife? He was smart as fuck, okay? He... Okay, so according to his sister-in-law, Christine, Rosemary's sister, he went into the basement at, like, 9 in the morning almost every day with the excuse that he was drawing blueprints for machines that he was trying to sell to businesses as, like, a consultant or whatever, right? So you never have to show anything for it because you're selling all your shit off. This is a blueprint I made, but I don't have to build the thing because of different companies. Was it blueprint even one that he made? Who knows? Or was it just on Google? He Googled blueprint. It, this was before it. Google. I can for sure say it was not on Google, but... He went to the library. It's like microfiche. <laughs> but he would stay down there for most of the day and often overnight forbidding Rosemary from bringing him coffee or food. He wanted to be left alone. Um, allegedly, they rented out the bottom floor of their home. So in Europe, you have basement and then first floor, second floor, whatever, right? So the first floor, ground floor, they rented it out for 12 years um, to hundreds of different people and explained away the odd noises coming from the cellar as faulty pipes or their gas heater kicking on and off to, you know, alleviate any sort of suspicion on april 19th 2008 now 19 year old kirsten the oldest daughter living in the chamber fell ill she was unconscious and apparently in the chamber with elizabeth and the others elizabeth was allowed to help carry kirsten out of the cell 
and then forced to return after her catching her first glim- glimpse of the outside world in nearly 24 years. So how did uh, Father of the Year explain this one away, where he was? I don't know that Rosemary saw Elizabeth in this instance. Um, but but Kirst- he took her to the hospital. He took Kirsten to the hospital. Um, and actually, she was transported there by ambulance and was admitted with life-threatening renal failure. Um, Joseph arrived at the hospital with a note from Elizabeth that she was forced to write, giving permission for medical treatment. Okay, another question. Sure. These children have no birth certificates. Correct. I forgot what year we're in at this point, but how are we just going to the hospital with basically someone who has no history of anything in, in life? And we're just like, okay, we'll treat them. Smart man tried to say... Religious cult. Religious cults oh, wouldn't right. be issuing yeah. birth yeah. certificates. They're in the yeah. Amish, but the European version. Okay. Or something like that, yeah. I'm not saying that the Amish is a cult, sorry, but that <laughs> we lose. I don't think we'll lose my our Amish, Amish listeners. listeners. <laughs> my Amish listeners, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to offend. If you're choosing Is That Too Dark on your Rumspringa, thank you. Your Rumspringa? <laughs> oh, my God. So appreciate you. Um, okay, so the doctor, Albert Rader, found some inconsistencies in Joseph's story and alerted the rest of the staff as well as the police two days into Kirsten's hospital stay. The police put out a national broadcast pleading for Elizabeth to come out of hiding and provide additional information regarding Kirsten's medical history. The police also reopened their case on Elizabeth's disappearance. Joseph again stated that Elizabeth had joined a cult and stated that the most recent letter from her had come in 2008, uh, January of 2008, so a little bit earlier oh, that year. so they know it's Elizabeth's child. Yeah, yeah. How, again, how do we explain this to Mar- Rosemary? I think oh, Rosemary I was found, choosing to be a dumb idiot. I just found um, our other daughter's child grown up, um, but she's really sick. Yeah. Like, did we drop this one off at the door, but Rosemary was out running errands? I guess. Yeah. I'm stressed um, out for so, Rosemary, honestly. I just have a lot of questions for Rosemary. Joseph again told his story that Elizabeth had joined a cult and stated that the most recent letter from her had come in January 2008. Someone finally decided that his story didn't fucking add up and called in an expert on cults. Rosemary. Right. No. Um, they called in a cult expert who basically said the group Joseph claimed Elizabeth was in did not appear to exist and that Elizabeth's notes seemed dictated and oddly written, probably because they were. Elizabeth, having heard the call for her to come forward, remember Joseph had given them a television and stuff, begged to be taken to the hospital. He did not allow her to go up until April 6, or 26, 2008, um, nearly a week after Kirsten collapsed, meaning she spent an additional week in the chamber after seeing sunlight and the world after 24 years. Well, and knowing that her daughter is very, very ill, like it's on the news. And it's her oldest daughter, the one that's been with her for almost her entire captivity. Um, He took Elizabeth to the hospital eventually, as well as her sons, Stefan and Felix, um, allowing them upstairs, leaving Stefan and Felix in the care of Rosemary. Rosemary, please. Please, She's like, you know that meme with the woman doing like the trigonometry? (laughs) That's what I see for Rosemary. She's like, hold on, something's not. I just need Rosemary to be the hero in this, like, girl. I wish. I really do. I really wish that for her. Oh, God. Um, Okay, so we're going to the hospital. Yeah. Elizabeth and Joseph traveled to the hospital unknowing that the police had received information that they were going to be there. Thank God. The two were detained on hospital grounds and taken into custody for questioning. Finally. 
Elizabeth refused to speak to the police until they could guarantee she would never have to see Joseph again, ever, ever. I don't blame her. No, I don't. That would be my first thing. Like, I'm not even coming into the room with you until you tell me this man well, will like not Elizabeth be in my life Smart. Ever. That was when she was caught by mm-hmm. the police. She was like, no, I, I'm fine. I, I know these people. And then she, like, said some covert thing to the police. Were like, that's all we need. That's yeah. great. Thank you. Yeah. Because you're so terrified of these people in 24 years. Right. He has brainwashed the fuck out of her. Well, and that's the thing, right? More than like, all the abuse 18 years prior, like her whole life. Right. Um, you know, sidebar, the thing that's going around TikTok right now, like that covert mm-hmm. like hand signal yeah. where you tuck your thumb and then close your fingers around it. I feel like police are learning to look for those things, but at this time in the early 2000s, this was still less common, right? Fathers don't do this to their daughters. It's amazing that they were even like, oh, this is weird from the time she got to the hospital. Like, it's amazing that that is there. Like, I'm very impressed with the police so far. Right. Okay, so she's like, I'm not talking. Yeah. Until... Once they confirmed for her that she would never have to talk to, see, or live with her father again, she shared her story. Um, We've already gone over, you know, the rape, the abuse, the mental torture... But over that 24 years in captivity, Joseph not only raped his daughter, but he forced her to watch pornographic videos, often forcing her to reenact the videos with him in front of her children. Mm-hmm. Um, Were that the was children with children sexually abused too. Nothing in my research indicated that they were. But they watched their parents. Right. So I would consider that sexual abuse, but it's not like Mm -hmm. physical sexual abuse. Um, He did this with the intent of humiliating her. But one of the interesting things that Elizabeth shares to the police in this instance is that he would often, he would not even look at her while he was doing these things with to whatever her. Interesting. Um, What did he look at? And later, I think it was just like he would like almost disassociate. And I don't know if this was, like, his brain protecting him from the abuse he was committing or, like, helping him separate the situation from what was happening. But um, I'll kind of go into his mental status in a few here. But that was kind of one of the things. She was, like, he never made eye contact. He often would, like, look away. Um, I don't. I genuinely don't understand it, but I'm glad I don't understand it. Um, in this police interview, it took Elizabeth two hours to share everything that Joseph had put her through. Um, but at midnight on April 26th, that same day, the first day she had been let out of the chamber in 24 years, um, at the age of 73, Joseph was arrested on suspicion of serious crimes against family members. The children, Elizabeth and Rosemary, were taken into protective custody. Police, having searched the home fruitlessly, were given information from Joseph as to how to access the basement chamber and the code to the keyless entry pad. They literally searched the house top to bottom three times and could not find this like, chamber. What is going on? They were they were like, I don't, I can't find it. And he was like, it's behind the shelf. And they were like, fuck. So they found it. And then because of him. eight other doors. Right. Rosemary staunchly denied that she had any knowledge of what had been happening to Elizabeth. Nothing. She had no idea. She thought her daughter was missing. She thought her daughter was never coming back. She had no idea that this was happening in her own home in the basement. Rosemary's kind of an idiot. Well, I can't disagree with you there. But also gaslighting and abuse and all this other stuff. By the 29th of April, so three days later, DNA evidence had been gathered to confirm that Joseph was Elizabeth's parents or Elizabeth's children's biological father. And grandfather. And grandfather. His defense attorney piece of trash, Rudolf Meyer, said it, even though there was proof of incest, there was no proof of enslavement or rape. She was living in... Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> um, Behind eight doors. Yeah, no, but no enslavement, no rape. Just Behind seven, eight doors. Seven biological Behind children eight with doors. their father. Behind eight doors. Lived behind eight doors. Behind eight doors. But nobody knew she was living there. Yes. Rosemary didn't know. Right. So, the Austrian police conducted daily press conferences regarding this case, and on May 1st, 2008, they revealed that Joseph had forced Elizabeth to write many letters regarding her supposed whereabouts, again, to just, like, shove off suspicion regarding her disappearance. But it appeared as though he had been planning to release her and the kids, possibly with the intention of pretending to rescue her from the fictitious cult that he had created. They ended up interviewing nearly 100 people who had been tenants of the Fritzels in the preceding 24 years for information regarding the goings-on in the house, but none of them were able to give details beyond the strange noises other than to say that anyone who attempted to access the cellar for any reason was immediately given eviction notice. They were like, no, you're out of the house. Don't go down there. I'm sorry. I just looked up pictures of these um, people, Mm -hmm. and her father? It's the eyebrows for me. Looks psychotic. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, To be clear, Joseph Fritzl is an absolute monster. He was calculating, cruel, narcissistic. His own mother referred to him as a Satan, a Satan, which I live for that phrase. Um, And he considered himself to be an alibi child, his mother's way of proving that she was not sterile. Um, Remember how I mentioned that he started building out this cellar right after her death in 1980. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, don't tell me. He needed something to replace his mother because he had imprisoned her in the attic of the house for 20 years. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and you're, did Rosemary know about this? Nope. Joseph apparently oh my God. locked his mother in the attic of the house he shared with Rosemary for over 20 years. The poor woman did not see sunshine or breathe fresh air from that point on. She died in that attic. Um, I don't care about his background too much, but as it pertains to the case, I'll keep it surface. He felt neglected and abused and came to fear his mother in his youth, but their roles gradually reversed as he got older. I don't stand by the fact that abuse leads to this level of abuse and craziness, but I'm sure a narcissist would love for us to think that. It couldn't possibly be his fault or his compulsions so that led him to lock up his daughter. most likely abused as mm-hmm. a child, and mm-hmm. then he got older and started abusing his mom, mm-hmm. and then he lived his life his in his 20s 30s whatever and then his mom started getting old and then he invited her over probably and then put her said hey will you help me with this door and put her <laughs> in the attic and rosemary knew nothing i don't believe rosemary i don't either yeah no i for sure don't believe because her. i could see where like hey i'm in the basement don't fucking bug me mm-hmm. and i'm sure he was an asshole to her mm-hmm. too but the attic is different we're not walking up we're not walking down anymore we're walking up I I need more caffeine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm almost done. Wait a minute. So what did he do with mom's body? Buried her. Carried her out of the house and buried her. Had a funeral. Did he? Mom died. We had a funeral. Do we know if he um, raped his mother? I fucking hope not. I really did not want to know, to because be very Because he has clear. to replace his mom with his daughter, but mm-hmm. he was already abusing his daughter, mm-hmm. too. Probably all his children. He's actually been to jail for raping a 24-year-old woman prior to Elizabeth's imprisonment, which I'm about to go over. Okay. I'm um, going to let you talk because I need <laughs> to breathe. I need to breathe. Yeah. I need to meditate. Okay. 
this is probably not the thing you want to meditate meditate to. Um, after Elizabeth and the children were taken into that protective custody, a court-appointed psychologist determined Joseph fit to stand trial despite its diagnosis of severe combined personality disorder and a sexual disorder. It was at trial that Joseph revealed he had actually planned to imprison Elizabeth while he himself was in jail on a rape charge. He was serving 18 months in prison for raping a 24-year-old woman brutally at knife point in her own home. This rape happened in 1967, the year after Elizabeth was born. She was a baby, and he was like, someday, I'm going to lock you up. So, Rosemary knew about this, though, right? Yeah. Stand by your man. Um, Do we? At this point, while he's in prison, he felt that his deranged fantasies, his own words, needed an outlet. So, of course, he decided that the best way to live this out would be to lock up his daughter who is right now a newborn, and unleash his evil side on her while keeping up appearances. He allegedly, purposefully, never looked at his daughter while he was brutalizing her as a means to distance himself from the depravity he was committing. Dr. Kastner, which was the psychologist evaluating his mental state, stated, and I quote, his narcissism combines with the lack of empathy and contributes to the exploitative way of turning others into instruments of satisfying his own needs. There's also a noticeable ability or tendency to modify reality according to his own wishes, meaning, of course, that it was his way, the highway, or the gaslighting way. Um, Fritzl himself said... That should be put on a shirt. It's my way, the highway, or gaslighting. gaslighting. Hey, thank you. I came up with... Fritzl, in his own words, said, I have realized that I have a mean streak. For someone who was born to be a rapist, I have managed to contain myself for a very long... Or for a relatively long period. That is the story of Elizabeth Fritzl. She lives a very private life now. I was going to say, wait a minute. She is... So how much time did he get? Life in prison, I'm sure. Um, Without the possibility of parole... For 15 years. Is he still alive? He is still alive. He is currently serving out his sentence in Garston Abbey, which is a former monastery in Upper Austria that has been converted to a prison. And what about her mom? Do we know if they have a good relationship or what's going on with the kids or anything? I feel like Elizabeth was like, I'm never fucking talking to you again. Like, how could you let this happen to me? How could you be so fucking naive? It reminds me of um, J.C. Lee Dugard, where she's like, I live a very, very private life. Yeah. Um, but I always want to know. I'm like, are you doing okay? Yeah. Um, I just think, one, I think Elizabeth, or sorry, Rosemary was quite a bit younger um, than Joseph in terms of, like, how they were living. So, again, it's one of those, it's older era, right? Elizabeth wasn't born until the 60s. They got married in the 50s. And it's not a wife's duty to question her husband. I mean, I'm sure but, she was abused. For a long, long time. I just feel like there's so many things that I'm like, do we? Yeah. Ugh. Like, I'm sure she was gaslit, too, so. For sure. I mean, it's a sad scenario all around. I'm glad she's living a private life, though, as much as I do want to know. One of my favorite things to be able to tell you about this case is that Joseph is still in prison, and he has dementia, and... He forgets every single day that this is why he's in jail, and they have to tell him again and again. Are you serious? Yeah. But it probably gives... To me, that just gives him pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's a fucked up case. And it's like, you have seven kids with your daughter, and what the hell? Like, what the hell? Um, Here. Here's a picture of him. You can see him. I've seen the picture of him. Behind bars in Austria. That's for sure going on our Instagram. Yeah. Is that too dark? Yeah. Well... 
Wait, did... Sorry. The whole reason that he got caught, did Kirsten... Kirsten's fine. She okay. lived. Yeah. I'm like, kind they of said that her condition off. was most likely due to, like, lack of sunlight and fresh air because she'd literally lived her entire Actually, life yeah, I've never in the realized that, that. They were probably so vitamin D deficient. Um, you know that case that's happening right now that they're litigating the Turpin case? How those children looked so malnourished because they were kept locked up and they looked much younger than they were? Yeah. Elizabeth's kids were that way, too. Just I bet. Very, like, no sunlight. You know, most of their food was more than lightly processed because it had to live, you know, Could the, you cook in the cell. being sick and having to go to the hospital, but you've never been outside? Yeah. What? And you're like, what the what? fuck is I mean, this? An ambulance? With a siren going? A car. Yeah. They've, I mean, they had a TV. Like, they're up on the news. They know that the real but world exists. I'm sure, exactly. I'm sure her dad was like, this is all fake. It's like the Truman Show. These aren't real. Yeah. This is all just fiction. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you? Oh, what? what? I'm looking what at this article on the Daily about? Mail because I wanted to make sure he's still alive and, like, living out his worst life. Um, in March 2016, Joseph lost several teeth after he got into, like, a punching fight with another inmate because that inmate set up a fake online dating profile for him. Why do they have the internet? Okay, so remember in Europe, prison is rehabilitative. It's not punishment. Or it is punishment, but it's, like, meant to rehabilitate you. And in 2017, he paid 462 pounds to have his surname changed from Fritzl to Mayerhoff, but we still know what his new last name is. It's not like he's not Joseph Fritzl anymore. Um, Yeah. He wants to spend the rest of his life in anonymity. So, Joseph Mayerhoff, your name's out there, or idiot. Fritzl. Fritzl. Dumbass. Ugh. Well, yep. that was an episode. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us. They filled the basement in with cement as well because they didn't want people with, like, morbid fascination to come and, like, visit the site as, you know, some That's sort of shrine. Good. See, and Americans would, like... Like, in. murder house, come tour, so Winchester would, Mystery like, House. The ghost hunter guy would buy it and mm-hmm. fucking make, tour it. Yeah, or what's that guy, um, McNamee Manor, the, the torture um, activity guy? Yeah. Wow, well, this was good. This was great. Thank you. I'm so, so much. I'm so glad to start story. your Saturday off on the road. Uh, I'm going to go home now and <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> Um, Just make sure you don't lock yourself in for 24 years. Uh, I'm already locked in my brain, you know, <laughs> in the past 24 years. So thanks for joining us. Follow us on Instagram at is that too dark. Um, this might be our darkest episode yet. Tell your mom. Tell your mom's mom. Don't keep her in the attic. Don't keep your grandma in the attic. Yeah. And don't keep your children in the basement. Yeah. Keep, keep them in the middle of the house so where sure everyone belongs. So make sure you tell belongs. them to listen to Is That Too Dark. Yeah. And... Goodbye. Make sure you listen to us every Sunday or we'll lock you in the basement and make you listen to us. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>